This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We are now less than 24 hours away if you listen to this on Saturday morning. At the end of the day, today, Auburn's going to be taking on Mississippi State in Starkville. Of course, in the first game, host Brian Harson. Tigers trying to win there with interim head coach Cadillac Williams. Trying to get their second straight win in Starkville. Of course, the Bulldogs won in Jordan-Hare Stadium last season. And for a little bit more insight on Mississippi State, we bring in Paul Jones from Jeans Page, our sister site on the 24-7 network, covering the other SEC West team, Mississippi State. And Paul, before we get into um, before we get into talking about this matchup in particular, something I didn't ask you about earlier in the week in our Q&A on the site, um, because it was just very fresh, was John Cohen, obviously the Mississippi State AD, who now makes the decision to come over to Auburn. Um, I guess just give our listeners a little bit of background on him and uh, you know your impressions of working with him and around him for you know the better part of the last, I guess it was seven, seven years, eight years, he was the AD, and then before even that, he was the, the head baseball coach. Yeah, I thought, I thought he did a pretty good job. I mean, uh, you know, like most ADs, you're you're kind of judged unfairly or not uh, on your hires and their success. Kind of been hit and miss with those. Uh, obviously, he hit big time with the baseball hire of Chris Lamonis and, and brought Mississippi State their first national championship in baseball and actually their first national championship in a team sport period. Uh, so obviously I, I think that's going to be what John's going to be remembered for the most at Mississippi state. And then obviously he was, a he's a very competitive guy. He was a, a fiery player when he was playing for Mississippi state. He was a fiery coach when he coached at Mississippi state. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, obviously you can't be that way as an athletic director all the time. You kind of got to have to, to cool down some and, and have some professionalism about you, but, you know, I, I think it was kind of mixed reactions, though, uh, when he left here. And, and like I say, again, unfairly or not, some of that goes back to his hires and, and failed hires, uh, particularly in football with Joe Moorhead. And, and then, again, a bad hire uh, situation with women's basketball where Vic Schaefer left, uh, left for Texas after taking Mississippi State's women's basketball program to back to um, – national championship game and, and two final fours. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of people were kind of turned off by that to see Vic Schaefer leave, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, he obviously puts an emphasis on baseball too. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure Auburn will, will be the same, well, not exactly the same way, uh, 
you know, uh, pretty clear him and Butch Thompson have a, a pretty good working relationship and know each other well. Um, he's obviously knows Johnny Harris, women's basketball coach, who was an assistant at Mississippi State for a long time. So uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned it right, you know, a lot of chaos this week with both schools. And, you know, maybe there's no maybe to it. This doesn't get near the chaos or near the attention if it doesn't happen the week that those two teams are playing each other. You know, if this if this move happens in December or in the off season in the summer, it, it doesn't get near the, the pub that it's gotten. But rightfully so. I mean, you switch jobs and you're playing that team, you know, the, the next week uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think that's a major reason, obviously, why that's been in the headlines this week. Yeah, and he'll be he'll be back in that stadium. I, I assume so on Saturday. Wearing, I've heard he there. I heard he, I heard he's going to sit this one out, and that's probably best. Might be might be the smart thing to do here. That would be awkward for the visiting AD to be in the press box, and and for that to be John Cohen for this game. So I probably I've heard, I've heard some pretty good sources that he's he's going to sit this one out for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, and he's as we're recording this on Friday, he's yet to be introduced even as Auburn's AD. He's been to a couple been to the men's and women's exhibition basketball games shaking shaking some hands but he hasn't necessarily been introduced to so probably wait till after that yeah there were, you know R Jason Caldwell brought up a good point about you know not saying this is the entire reason and it might not have even been any reason but would have been a number one of course it would have been an awkward coexistence between him and Brian Harson to be there at the same time um but number two would have been real awkward if Brian Harson goes into Starkville and beats the guy that John Cohen hired <laughs> to be the Mississippi state football coach. And so now you, uh, now you kind of avoid that, that, uh, that possibility because obviously Harson was, was pushed out. Um, so many Auburn fans, of course, remember last year when the Bulldogs scored, I believe it was 40 unanswered points there in the second half. I think Will Rogers only had two incompletions in the second half. It was a completely unstoppable offense for Mike Leach on that day. Um, Will Rogers now in his third year as the starter with the Bulldogs, just what have you seen out of his, progression this season um and and i guess are there any differences between what auburn fans saw from him last season and and in that receiving core and really that entire offense of, of pass catchers versus what they're going to see on saturday well you know they probably saw a pretty good version of what we've seen this year and they saw that last year and they were probably the only team that really saw it because you know i was looking back on that game last year and kind of scanning over the box scores i was writing some stories you know previewing this week's game and you know, I think Dylan Johnson ended up with 60 or 63 rushing yards last year. That was abnormal for them last year. Uh, when they've had their most success this season, it's been because they've run the football and, and run more tempo. Uh, you know, Arkansas game, I think they ended up with 174 rushing yards. They outrushed Texas A&M in that win. Uh, but then Kentucky and Alabama, they kind of got away from the run again on the road. Uh, they did have some success, some success against Alabama running the football, but it was it was tough because Dylan Johnson, their leading rusher, was out for that game. Uh, he's probably probable for this game on Saturday. But, you know, I think Will has, has thrown down the field more this year. Uh, not a ton, but he's had more success throwing it down the field this year. And, and he spread it around more. Of course, air raid offense, you're going to spread it around. You know, you're going to have every year under Mike Leach seven or eight guys that end up with 25, 30 catches. That's just what this offense does. But he's really spread it around more this year, Nathan, because they, while I like their their options and I like the probably better depth and probably all around a better group of receivers 
there's not that alpha guy like Mikhail Polk. Um, that, that left a big void, and, and there's really hasn't been one guy. It's been a combination of guys, but there hasn't been one guy to step in and be that go-to alpha dog like Mikhail Polk was last year. And, you know, I think Will's thrown better on the run this year. Uh, he, he's moved around in the pocket better. Uh, had a had a had a streak there. I think a four game streak where he only got sacked one or two times. Of course, Alabama got to him four times, and that was a season high. But uh, it's been not an impressive leap by Will. But I think he's done in 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 all areas. I think he's he's taken a step forward in all areas this year. So Mississippi State has yet to lose at home this season. All three of their losses. Um, right now looking like at least two out of three of them are against pretty good teams, LSU and Alabama, both in the top 10 of the playoff. And then, you know, winning at Kentucky, a good defensive team, um, isn't easy. So, you know, I, I, for at least from an outside perspective, seems like the common thread between those three games is playing pretty good defenses on the road. I guess it, it was that the case in Mississippi state's three losses. And I guess, what are, what are some of the common threads you've seen this season in those losses that, if Auburn has a chance in this game, if Auburn keeps it four quarters and has a chance to win this game, um, what are some things that Mississippi State has struggled with at, at times this season? You know, it's kind of been weird, Nathan, because it's like they got away from what worked at home. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Kentucky loss. Uh, keep in mind, this was coming off of back-to-back games against Arkansas and A&M where they ran the ball really well. And against Kentucky, now Dylan Johnson went out early in that game, but still – at the end of that game, their running backs combined for seven rush attempts. And and that's after you ran the ball 30, 35 times the previous week. And I think another factor that, that people kind of look over um, was the lack of defensive substitution. Uh, they've got some talented depth. They just, whether they don't trust those guys or get in tight situations and they want to stick with their starters, that really hurt them against LSU and uh, Kentucky. Uh, they wore down, and, you know, the, the defense kept them in the game with LSU. It was 16-10 to 10 until Austin Williams fumbled a punt in the fourth quarter, um, gave LSU the ball like at the 10-yard line, and they went ahead and scored the winning touchdown, added some more after that because the defense had wore down, and, and especially against the running tack of LSU. Same thing with Kentucky. Uh, Chris Rodriguez in that group. They just wore down Mississippi State's front line and it just wore them out. And, you know, you had you had some guys, and especially the linebackers, I think, that played all but one or two reps of that game. And uh, you've watched Kentucky this year. You know, they're a ground control, time of possession type of team. Uh, it was just kind of strange why they didn't substitute. So it's, it's almost been like, and I know this isn't the case, but it, it almost sounds simple enough that, they have a, a home game plan and then they have a road game plan. So it's, uh, it's been interesting to watch. And, you know, another key, I think you get Nathan is, um, uh, I think entering, entering that Kentucky game, which was zero to zero in the first quarter, Mississippi state had outscored opponents 66 to seven in that first quarter. Uh, they did not obviously get off to a quick start against Kentucky or Alabama, and, and that hurt them. So I think getting off to a quick start is, is very key for Mississippi State's offense to get into that rhythm. And then, of course, as you know, the defense kind of feeds off of that. And uh, you you have to have a quick start, and I don't think this Saturday is any exception. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, so if you're Auburn, you're Auburn fans, I guess look out for that at the beginning of the game. If Auburn is hanging around until halftime, then uh, might have a chance to be a to be a four-quarter game there. You mentioned how well they, they ran the ball. Um, I know this is obviously... Not a not a run first offense by any means, but when you look at Auburn, it's just they're the second worst power five rushing defense in the country this year. Is Leach's system capable of, I guess, making that adjustment? I know they had the bye week to get ready for this game. I guess, what do you expect out of them in terms of how they're going to attack an Auburn defense that has actually been pretty decent against the pass this year? Of course, we said that going into the game last year and Rogers just tore them apart. Pretty decent pass rush, pretty good working against the pass. Of course, a lot of that is because teams just run the ball all day on him. But is this a Mississippi State team that you think is is capable of making a slight adjustment to go a little bit more towards the run? Or will it be just, you know, an extension of the run game with the pass? I guess just how do you think they're going to attack an Auburn defense that is at least the past three games has allowed has allowed more than a thousand rushing yards in three games and, and 14 rushing touchdowns in three games? You know, you bring up a good point and not to cop out of your question, but I think a lot of it depends on the health of Dylan Johnson. Uh, they've had a lot of success this year with two back sets. Uh, that's where a lot of their running plays have come from. A lot of their obviously protection uh, for Will Rogers has helped. But when if Dylan's not, and I don't expect him to be hundred percent. So if he plays, he'll play, but he won't be quite himself. Um, but when you look at the running back depth that they have. Besides Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks, and Simeon Price, a, a redshirt freshman, are the only two that really have significant carries this year. Uh, the next guy on the list is a walk-on senior, J.J. Jernigan. Uh, they have a guy, Katravian Hargrove, redshirt freshman on the roster, a uh, pretty fast running back, but he actually entered the transfer portal back in September and then quickly pulled his name out a day or maybe even the same day he pulled his name out of the portal. He hasn't gotten any carries this year. So if Dylan's not good to go, you're you're looking at two regular backs and then a walk-on. Uh, I, I have to believe that, that that may dampen, you know, hamper their how much they want to run the football, you know, and, and making sure those guys are healthy and don't get overworked. And, you know, it may it may sound silly talking about overworking a running back. <laughs> in an air raid offense, but you have to realize these guys are, can also catch 10 or 12 passes a game, and they're also required to pass protect a good bit. Uh, so to, to answer, I think they obviously want to run the ball because that's when they've had their most success this year, keeping teams somewhat off balance, keeping them out of that drop eight and making sure that other, you know, that, that they force teams to creep up into the box and bring four or five guys, six guys sometimes in the box like they did against LSU. 
But I really think a lot of it's going to have to do with how much can Dylan Johnson play. What's the overall feeling of how this program is, has progressed now in the, in the third year under Mike Leach? You know, I think they're, I think fans, probably the overall attitude is that they're just kind of stuck in neutral waiting on either something big or something good or something bad to happen one way or the other. Um, you know, last year, it was special teams. It, it was, I think they missed, they missed more field goals than they made last year, and it really hurt them in several games. But, you know, when you look back last year at the games, they were obviously the Auburn game on the road, A&M on the road, big wins for them in that program, uh, and really got people behind Leach at the time. But then you look back and you, and you lost a disappointing game at Memphis. Uh, you had Arkansas beat on the road and, and allowed a late touchdown. Uh, that could have been a nine-win regular season last year. Fast forward to this year, it's kind of the same story, but a different year. Uh, Mississippi State fans thought that, that, you know, LSU's obviously improved since that third game of the season. They've gotten a lot better. But that was a game Mississippi State could have won. You know, like I said there, I told you earlier, their defense kept them in the game. They were winning 16-10 to in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, playing at Death Valley, that's, that's, that's tough, you know, and, and, and playing against that crowd. Uh, but it was a winnable game. Same thing against Kentucky. You know, Kentucky got Levi's back that game, but they just got embarrassed at home by South Carolina and then complete turnaround, and, and Mississippi State basically laid an egg at Kentucky. So, so it's kind of a another one of those se- – another season like last year where it could have been – and, you know, they still have a chance to win eight games in the regular season. going to be tough with, with Auburn, Georgia, at Ole Miss – um, got an FCA, FCS bow in there, so uh, should win that game. But it's another season where you could have possibly easily won eight or nine games in the regular season. And, you know, in the SEC, <clears throat> that can change. Um, just one or two more wins can change the attitude of the fan base. You know, it's a difference in playing in the Liberty Bowl or Music City Bowl or playing in a Florida Bowl. You know, it's, it's that that big of a deal. And, <clears throat> you know, last year they had built up all that momentum late in the year, and then you go lose the Egg Bowl, and then you get embarrassed in the bowl game to Texas Tech, and then you carry that sour feeling into the offseason. Off so, um, overall, I'd say the fans are just waiting kind of to be determined again by how they finish. You know, if somehow you get to eight regular season wins, win the bowl game, then you go into the offseason with a completely different attitude. But obviously, November will dictate how fans feel about this program, in my opinion. And, and I say that, you know, Leach is not on the hot seat. You know, it, it, he'll probably go – if he goes 75 or whatever, uh, he's not getting fired or anything like that. But I think it puts more pressure on Leach next year, uh, especially with a schedule where you've got eight home games next year his seat probably gets a little warm going into next year if you don't finish this season off with some momentum. Yeah, it seems like at least from from the outside as uh as someone who covered a coach where seven or eight wins was uh, was definitely not not enough. Uh you know, seven or eight at, at Mississippi State is a is a good baseline and like you said, you know, yeah, it seems like whether it's a really good recruiting class, whether it's a huge transfer portal hit, you know, somebody on either side of the ball that can propel you, you know, a couple games could get you to 10 wins in a season, which is obviously um, a pretty big feat there. Um, last one here, and then we'll let you go. I guess just your overall prediction 
for this game, a, a couple things you think that need to go right for Mississippi State, um, and you know, a couple a couple players you'll be you'll be watching for, and just overall how you think this one plays out on on Saturday night in front of what should be a what should be a pretty raucous crowd. I understand it's the it's the whiteout night game coming off of the bye week. They fans should be pretty excited to to take on Auburn in this one. Yeah, hopefully the rain that's coming in moves out pretty quick, and 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 we don't have any of that to deal with the kickoff. But I kind of go back, Nathan, to what I talked to you about before: a quick start. Um, you know, obviously it's been a helter-skelter situation for Auburn this week. Uh, not only did they lose Harson, they lost some assistant coaches. They have to fill those gaps with GAs and and trying to throw a game plan together. But I expect Auburn to be fired up to play for Cadillac. I, I expect them to to be fired up in the, in the early part of the game. And I think Mississippi State's going to have to weather that storm um, and, and make sure they match that intensity, which, to their credit, they've done that at home. You know, they, they have taken – they took Arkansas and A&M and, and, and some non-conference foes out of the game early uh, and just kind of cruised and, and rode that crowd momentum and that wave and that energy through the second half for pretty easy wins. Uh, you know, I – I think at the end of the day, though, I'd go with Mississippi State's success at home this year and the fact that Auburn is in kind of disarray. And like I said, I expect them to fight hard, but um, it's still been a chaotic week for them. And, and you expect that to show up at some point on Saturday because, uh, man, we know this is <clears> – <throat> you've been around SEC football long enough. Energy and emotion can only take you so far. It's going to come down to who executes – at the right time. To me, the, the two biggest factors, um, Mississippi State slowing down Auburn's run game. Uh, Mississippi State's, for whatever reason, run defense is taking a step back this year. I think one factor is not having Jaden Cromedy uh, all year, who is actually supposed to make his debut this weekend uh, against Auburn, first game of the year, three-year starter, defensive tackle. Uh, they have to start fast on offense and slow Auburn's run defense down and get to the point where Auburn can't just line it up and run the football and, and to where they're going to have to put it in the air some. Um, you know, to me, those are the two key factors. And, and obviously they revolve around both sides of the football, what teams want, you know, what Auburn does best and what Mississippi State does best. Yeah, one would think with Cadillac Williams at the helm now um, that they'd be pretty comfortable running the ball uh, obviously that's something he he was definitely good at against Mississippi State when he was uh when he was at Auburn he's got a couple good running backs to use yeah I'm with you I, I ended up picking Mississippi State um as well the interim coaches have performed so well at least this season especially in their debut games with their respective programs um but like you said there's there's so many factors in play here you got Mississippi State coming off the bye week I don't think that gets talked about enough in this matchup obviously they played really well at home um just too many factors at play there for me to for me to go with Auburn, but like you mentioned, it should be it should be really interesting to see what kind of fight this team has after this cloud has hung over them for the last couple months. Um, seems like it was kind of a freeing feeling for them. Not that they were excited Brian Harson was gone, um, but you know you've had to dance around this for so long, and uh, now they get to play for Cadillac in these yeah, last few games. I think they'll be more relaxed knowing. Yeah. Obviously, they don't know who their next head coach is going to be, but they know who's coaching them the rest of the year. And they're not always looking over the shoulder to see, is this the day that Harson gets fired? Uh, is this the week that it happens? You know, all of that's gone. Uh, just get back to football now. Yeah. And from a, from a player morale standpoint, it seemed like you couldn't have gotten much worse. They were obviously upset after losing games this season. 
but Arkansas was like the final straw. I mean, guys were just completely dejected. Um, and so, like you said, maybe you remove that now and, and maybe that'll yield some, some better results on Saturday. So thank you so much to Paul Jones for joining us here today. Go guys, go check out jeans page com for the 24-7 Sports Mississippi State coverage. There'll be all kinds of good stuff there during and after the game, so go check that out. If you guys enjoyed the show today, please go leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Me and Jason will have our reaction episode up on Sunday, so until then, we'll talk to y'all later. Everybody enjoy the game. We'll talk to y'all soon. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus.